Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everyone, thank you for downloading another episode of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, welcoming you into the show, which I feel is an important conversation that uh, I'm about to have with you today. It took me a while to come on the mic to share my thoughts on everything that's been happening in our current affairs as it pertains to the death and the murder of George Floyd. But I did think it would be relevant and important for me to share my thoughts and opinions on everything that's taking place right now in current events, especially because I am a black male living in America. If you've downloaded this show in the past, you know this is a college football podcast. You know that I share my thoughts and opinions on college football, on sports, and I try to make it entertaining. I try to make it fun. I try to make it informative, and I really do appreciate all the support and the downloads for my show. I mean, you, you follow me on Twitter. You follow me on my website, and I appreciate all the, the support. But it took me a while to do this podcast in particular because I didn't know how to how to articulate how I was feeling. We all process things differently. And these days, it seems as if we live in a culture where if something happens, you're expected to have a response or you're supposed to speak out right away, which, you know, I, I don't think is fair. I don't, I don't think you need to do that. And I appreciate everyone speaking out against racism, systemic racism and, and pledging to be better people and, and be anti-racist which is cool. But, you know, we all process things differently. And as a black male, I'm just trying to understand where we're headed right now. I'm 33 years old. I'll turn 34, God willing, in September. And so while I've grown up, um, I've grown up in a predominantly white uh, suburb of Chicago. Um, my, you know, I, my parents are educated. They're former military so, you know, my perspective on things may look a lot different and may sound a lot different than people who look like me who don't have the same background that I have. But racism affects us all, no matter if you're Bryant Gumble or if you're just a regular everyday Joe, you know, like George Floyd was or like Sandra Bland was, who is from my hometown. She was from Naperville, Illinois. And so she got murdered. I, I don't even know what happened with that. I like I don't know what the resolution was. I don't know if people around her death have come under scrutiny and have been released from their jobs or are facing hard time for her mysterious murder. But I guess what I'm trying to say is we go through these killings, it seems like every few months we, we learn about it through social media. So the list is probably even longer than that. You know, folks dying or, and getting killed that we don't know their names, like we don't know their stories. But it's happening. It, it has happened. And the fact that this most recent murder, George Floyd, happened on social media, everyone saw it, everyone's outraged by it. I'm, I'm happy that it's leading to change, I hope. I mean, there's protests in every single state of this country. All 50 states, there are protests daily. And I live in Philadelphia. And Philly seems to really be going hard at the protests, and they there was some serious looting that happened the first couple nights of the protests. I don't know if that's still the case, which, you know, that's a 
it's not something that you like seeing. Like I don't enjoy watching that on the news, seeing these looters breaking into stores and taking stuff. But if that's the response to everything, if that's if they are rebelling, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to feel. That's not my place. I wouldn't do it. But again, that's I'm not I'm not in this the same way they're in this. And so, if they're protesting, if they're rebelling, I hope it's for the right reasons. It's just it's a scary scene though to see this stuff play out on TV every day. And when I learned about George Floyd getting killed, I certainly felt um, anger. I, I felt uh, upset about it. But it happens so often. It happens so regularly that I process it in one part of my brain and then just move on with my day. Because this is such a regular thing here that it's that's all you can do. Another murder happened and I go on with my day. And as robotic and as crazy as that may sound, that's just the reality for my life. I know or I knew that there wasn't going to be anything different that was going to change the behaviors of these police officers. And they're going to do what they're going to do. And it's sad, but that's the reality. Or that's That was what the reality was, is that this stuff happens all the time. And there's really nothing that changes the behavior. N- nothing has changed the behavior of these police officers. But I think this George Floyd murder might be the event that really sparks and leads to real change and a revolution. Or at least that's my hope. I live in this little bubble, especially during this pandemic, where I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about making sure that we have everything we need and just making it through each day. Literally, I'm looking at it day by day. And so when the George Floyd murder happened, I think I was aware of the of some of the surrounding details around the murder and the fact that the police officers were using excessive force and that this, this young man died at the hands of the police officers, but then I didn't know what was to come. I didn't know that uh, these protests would follow, and so I was oblivious. I was oblivious to the whole movement. So when I learned that there was a protest in Philly right when this happened, I, it was a little a little surprising because I, I had no idea that we were mobilizing in this way, unified, across the country. I mean, all these protests every single day, it, it does make you feel proud. It makes me feel proud to know that people who don't look like me are just as upset or just just as scared, just as angry at what's what takes place on a regular basis in this country. So I'm very proud of the fact that we've mobilized and unified together on that front. And so I really, really do hope that this leads to serious change in this country because it's, it's needed. Like we've gone on far too long and just kind of swept things under the rug. Like it's like we all know it's bad. But no one was willing to step up and try to help change this. Black Lives Matters, you know, they unified together and they put together protests and mobilized people. But I feel like whenever you hear Black Lives Matter or when you did, it always came off in a negative way or it was perceived in a negative way by people that, you know, it just didn't seem like people were taking Black Lives Matter seriously. We certainly know all the drama and controversy around Colin Kaepernick. If you are not down with that cause, there's controversy around that name. People get upset around Colin Kaepernick, and all he did was kneel. He kneeled during the anthem, and that just that just generated a lot of hate, a lot of anger from people who seemed to be unwilling to really listen and understand why he was doing it in the first place. And so 
Colin Kaepernick did that what for a, a season, and then he was blackballed. But we we still see we still would see players kneel at the start of games, and the movement was still very much alive. His message was still alive in what he was trying to do. He's still very active in terms of trying to mobilize people and, and try to spread that message and try to really stand up for something bigger than himself, which I really applaud him for doing. He deserves all the credit in the world for standing up and being courageous to do this, knowing that he would receive this type of backlash. And so it's that's a still a hot-button topic for a lot of folks, which I really don't understand why it should be. Because he a Green Beret told him that you should kneel before these games. If you're going to protest, kneel. And the Green Beret gets it. I think the military overall gets why he's kneeling. It's not to dishonor the the folks in the military. It's just Colin Kaepernick was trying to raise awareness as to why he's kneeling because of police brutality. And people at that time didn't really want to hear it. And it just kind of got brushed under the rug. The NFL didn't really support it. And honestly, at at that moment, I was done with the NFL. I mean, I, I watch the Eagles occasionally. I, I The Bears are my team. But every week, I, you know, I, I can't tell you that I'm sitting in front of my TV screen every Sunday watching football games, NFL games. Because I just, I fell out of love with the league. Like, they just, they don't really stand up for anything. And it's like they just expect us to continue to watch their product and to, to buy in. And to spend all this money on watching a product for a league that doesn't really care. That's how it feels to me as a black man. They don't care. That they allowed Colin Kaepernick to get blackballed. That they thought it was a distraction. That they just cowered in the moment. Because of pressure they were getting from the president. And some of these owners cowering. And it's like I'm not, I'm not going to spend my time and my money on a product that doesn't really care about what we're trying to do here. And so that's why I fell out of love with the NFL. I, I don't do fantasy football. It's been a few years since I've played fantasy football. And I used to be an avid fantasy football player. But it's just, there were there were things that were bubbling up and we were trying to mobilize and folks were trying to spread this message that we will not take police brutality. But people weren't taking it seriously until the murder of George Floyd. Until Aubrey, this young man in Georgia, you know, got killed, got gunned down. It's just... I'm upset, I'm angered, but if it's going to lead to real change in this country, I'm all for it. I, I appreciate all my brothers and sisters, no matter what color you are, coming together to support this movement. I, I just, I'm telling you how I feel as a black male. I'm very angry because this has been the reality for my life. I'm 33 years old. This has been the reality for my life. And while I grew up in a pretty privileged area, I would say Naperville, Illinois is very affluent it's a a great community it is all white so my experience is a lot different than folks who live in philadelphia and grew up in this city and so i I have the opportunity here to see it from both angles now from both sides but it just racism still affects you i i've been stopped by the police officers before and i keep my hands on the wheel and i ask the police officers can i grab the registration it's in the glove box you know, I'm not I, I'm not playing fast and loose with my hands. I'm not trying to be aggressive sounding. I'm not trying to give any sort of tone or any indication that I may be upset or that I may not understand why I'm being pulled over. I try to keep it as calm as possible. That burden is on me to be calm as possible so that I don't get shot by the police. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. 
And so it's just it's just a reality that I am have been trained to live with. And so when when George Floyd got killed, it it went into my mind. This young man got killed. I processed it and then I put it away. Because honestly, what could I do? What can I do to change this? And the answer was nothing. There's nothing that I can do to prevent this, nothing that I can do to change this. It could it could happen to me. It could happen to my dad. It could happen to anyone that I love that is black in this country. It could happen at any time. We just, we don't know. You don't know. There's no way to prevent this. But I'm glad that it was captured on social media. I'm glad that it seems as if we are all upset by this. And I hope that we get real, real change from this. I I really do. It took me a while to come on the mic to speak about this because I didn't really know what to say. I'm very happy to see that folks aren't going to stand up for this anymore. The looting part, like I said, I I don't know that uh, that's the best idea. But again, I'm not going to tell people how to feel and what to do. I just wish people would be smart and be safe. In Philly, I mean, we've had the last couple nights a string of people blowing up ATMs. One young man died. He was a 24-year-old. He got killed uh, a couple nights ago because the explosion blew him up. And he died from his injuries. So I just hope that we can stay safe. I hope that the looting kind of comes under control here. But again, people are mad. People are angry. I'm not saying it's right, but it's just a, that that it is what it is. I would have never expected to go through a pandemic. I would have never expected to go through this social unrest during my lifetime. But we were all acting as if things were okay. Things were cool, but they, they weren't. It isn't cool. And I'm very fortunate. The background that I had and growing up, and you know, I work uh, in a good industry. My family is doing doing well. We're doing okay. I, I try to support the cause as best I can. I have a young daughter, so I can't be out in the streets like that. But there are organizations that you can donate your money to. You can volunteer your time at. I donated some money to the Philadelphia uh, Bail Fund, and so that's the type of help that they need. If you have the means to to donate and to volunteer time, please, please do so. I mean, these folks need your help, these folks that are protesting, and I just hope that it leads to real change. But until that time, I don't want to hear anything about sports coming back. I know that the NBA has proposed a, a plan to come back, I believe, in July. But much like the, the coronavirus and how I feel with that, I, I don't want to see us play until there's a solution or there's a vaccine or testing plan has been developed in regards to testing players for the for the virus. So I don't want to put p- players' lives at stake, put players in jeopardy of getting this virus and spreading it to other people until we have a real solution or a real plan for how we're going to test and how we're going to vaccinate people. On the same token, I don't want to see sports come back until we get through some of these underlying systemic issues that we have with racism. Because I feel like sports, for a lot of people, is just a, a, a nice thing to watch, to take your mind off of things that are happening in the current current events. But I, I want to see real solution. I want This is an opportunity. We don't have sports. We don't have anything distracting us from this movement, from this time right now that we have to try to talk through these things, to try to resolve some of these issues. And certainly it's going to take longer than just a week or a few days to get through some of the underlying systemic racist 
uh, issues that we've had, the racism that we've had in this country for over 400 years, but it's a start. And let's start having those conversations, those uncomfortable, those tough conversations now, as opposed to having sports come back where we can forget about this movement and just brush it under the rug. That's what I'm trying to avoid, brushing things under the rug. So I'm all in favor of not having sports right now because I feel like it's not important right now. And so I hope that this leads to real change. I hope that we can figure out a way to be better to one another, that we can love one another. I mean, because this issue is not just with the police officers. Certainly that's the biggest thing, you know, police brutality, racism within the police forces across this country. But racism is in every industry. It's, it's, in, it's everywhere. Like it's, it's everywhere in this country. And so I don't want to have sports come back to just hide the fact that this country is hurting. And so if we can have real conversations and uncomfortable conversations, let's do it. Because as a black man, I've been uncomfortable. Growing up where I grew up, I've been uncomfortable. When my friends say something, and I say friends, air quotes, say something that is hurtful or racist, the burden is on me to just take it and to not do anything about it. Because what am I going to do with a group of white people? And somebody says something that um, hurts your feelings or makes you feel a certain way. The burden is on you to carry that. And it's it's a shame. That's I think that's how it's been for a lot of people in this country. And so when police kill these young people, these young black people, the burden is on us to just figure out a way to not be threatening or figure out a way to interact with them and not get killed. Such as holding your hands on the steering wheel, such as asking to get your registration out the glove box, such as not making fast movements, such as not being excited or animated. I mean, it's that's just the reality that we live in. And I hope, I hope things get better. And I appreciate you listening to me kind of ramble through this, but I thought it'd be relevant for me to share my thoughts and opinions on this subject. I haven't spoken out about it publicly. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I, you see me posting stuff um, in regards to the, the protests and liking certain things as it pertains to the current time period that we're in. Usually I have sports content for you to enjoy, but it, this is a, a different period of time right now. And honestly, I can't even tell you how nervous it makes me feel living in this country right now, waking up every day. Because I do I do like to work out. I do like to run in the mornings. But I've been so frightened and so terrified to go outside and run in the morning. Especially the way that I look now. I've got, I've got a lot of hair on my head. Um, I need a haircut. I know. My partner's like, you need to get a haircut. And I will at some point. But I just, I feel like I'm a target. You know, I don't want to be a target when I go running outside at 6 a.m., Curfew has just ended at 6 a.m. We've been under curfew for like the last five days. So I don't want to go outside and run and be a target for something because who knows what could happen. That's That literally crosses my mind now these last three days. It's like I want to go work out. I want to do what I normally do in my routines. But I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm worried that if I go out, something could happen. Something could happen. I know the police are upset right now. And if you if you follow Philly events, there was some crazy some crazy vigilante stuff happening the other day this week, where a group of of men, white men, had bats and were guarding the police station on the 26th district, and a few people got attacked. A lot of name calling insults were hurled at protesters. So it's like I don't feel comfortable right now. And this is a few blocks away from where I live, mind you. And this was in the news. 
Because people from out of state were telling me, please be careful. I'm scared. If you live in Fishtown, please be safe. And these people didn't know that I live in Fishtown. And they were like, listen, I've heard Fishtown is crazy. So like this stuff makes you nervous. It makes you worried to even go outside your house, which I really haven't. I've been inside mainly. I, I walk my daughter every day around the block. But other than that, I've been inside. I've been glued to the news. And so it's just it's it's just scary. And I hope that it leads to something real. I just I just nervous right now. And it's so hard for me to even focus on work. I have a day job and it's so hard. It was hard with the pandemic. It's even harder with all this stuff going on, the social unrest, the civil unrest related to these killings. So it's like my focus on work is at an all time low. Because there are bigger things to worry about than work. So, I don't know. I appreciate you listening to me ramble through this. I just uh, wanted to share my thoughts and my opinions on this. I I appreciate you for downloading this show. I appreciate you for being supportive of this movement. And I I thank you for being a friend. Hopefully soon here we'll have some some more encouraging news to talk about on these podcasts. I'll be coming up on episode 100. Can you believe that? Episode 100. It's crazy. But yeah, thank you guys. Hope you're staying safe wherever you're at. Please continue social distancing. Just love one another. And watch out for one another. With that, I'm going to sign out. I'm going to sign off. Thank you again for downloading this show. And I can't wait to talk to you in the near future. Take care. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.